I just always felt like there was this gap. Like there was, you know, medicine, Western medicine and pharmaceuticals on one side, wellness on the other. And I really wanted something that sat in the middle, something that could give me the result I want and like get me back on the field when I'm in really extreme physical pain and it hurts to breathe and speak, but something that had clean ingredients that my system could handle and, you know, wouldn't leave me jeopardized or I wouldn't have some adverse reaction. So I really felt like the world of medicine and wellness needed to change and something needed to sit in the middle. And that experience really informed what I do today. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to our episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today's guest is Carly Stein Kramer. Carly is the founder of Beekeepers Naturals. Her company is all about merging natural medicine with modern science to create sustainably sourced bee products and remedies to help people live healthier and longer lives. Today, we chat about the incredible benefits bees and their products provide for our health and their crucial role in our food system. Carly discusses the unique benefits of each type of bee product, including how they help improve our immune system, brain health, gut health, and focus. She also shares a remarkable story of how bees saved her life, and we also get into how the bees interact with the hive, which I found so fascinating, and so much more. So let's get this conversation going, and welcome Carly Stein Kramer to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Carly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you because we're going to chat about all things bees, beekeeping, the benefits of bees, how bees saved your life and have led to what you're doing now. But I think a good place for us to start is I want to really open up some people's eyes to this and how important bees are. What do you think the top like three benefits or so are from a health perspective of bees? So really simple for everyone listening. People don't realize this because the bees are just this little creature flying around and we categorize them as like something we need to swat away. But the bees pollinate one-third of our food supply. So put differently, every third bite of food you take was made by the bees. So if we lost the bees, if we just didn't have bees tomorrow, how would we grow tomatoes, apples, berries, lettuce? We would be living in a food desert and all of these natural, healthy, clean foods that we need for you know sustenance, we need for our health, would become unavailable. And then that doesn't even cover the entire ecosystem, how disrupted it would be, because over 40% of wildflowers are bee pollinated, even cattle, like they graze on clover and bees pollinate clover. So the world would be a desert without the bees. They are literally foundational to everything that grows. That's so crazy. I mean, I didn't realize that they had that much of an impact on the food chain and what we eat. I mean, it's, it's so fascinating. From an actual like health and longevity perspective, I know that bees and the products that come from bees are important for things like you know longevity, immune function, our tonsils. I know they helped you with those. We're going to get into your story mm-hmm. in a little bit, but talk a bit about like the actual like daily health benefits that can come from bee products. Yeah, so everyone knows honey, and I think when we talk about bee products, the and like this was my assumption before I started beekeeping and got into it, 
you just think honey. And the truth is there are so many other incredible products coming out of the hive that have so many different health benefits. So we've got propolis, which is really a superpower when it comes to immune support. A lot of studies looking at how propolis affects inflammation. So people love propolis for longevity. It's really high in flavonoids, polyphenols, so excellent source of antioxidants. And then there's royal jelly, which is the best nootropic you can get. And it's a really interesting substance. It's the only substance that is has contains naturally occurring levels of acetylcholine and these two fatty acids that promote brain-derived nootropic factor. So we can nerd out on that and we can go deeper there. But royal jelly is an amazing brain food and also really well known for longevity. And then there's bee pollen, which is basically nature's multivitamin. It's got broad spectrum vitamins and minerals. It's got more protein per weight than any animal source. And then that finally brings us to honey, which is of course full of antioxidants, has antiviral properties, is the healthiest sweetener. And so all of these different things coming out of the hive can play such an integral role in our health and longevity. And I think it's been really interesting, this whole experience of building this company, because in other parts of the world, in Europe, in certain parts of South America, these products are really well known. In Poland, they're using propolis in hospitals, like they're commonplace. But in North America, we only know honey. And we're kind of just scratching the surface in terms of these more nuanced, more medicinal grade bee products. And so a lot of what we're trying to do with Beekeepers Naturals is bring these products that can have such an impact on so many people to the forefront and really deliver them in easy to use, understandable ways that fit into the modern world and simultaneously, of course, save the bees. We've built an entire sustainable supply chain and I, you know, I was a beekeeper before I started the business and so it's really about having true impact. It's a super fascinating stuff. And you're right. We only see like the finished product in that in honey, right? And I definitely want to get into like the in-between start to finish from the hive to the honey and how propolis and how royal jelly and how bee pollen all fits into that. But I want to first go back to your story. And I know that when you were a kid, you had, I mean, I know now that you have an autoimmune condition, you had, you know, chronic tonsillitis when you were growing up. How did all that impact you as a kid who was just trying to, you know, live your life and fit in with other kids and do what they were doing? Like, how did that impact? you mentally? Yeah. So it was really frustrating. I mean, I can't tell you if this was like the source of my anxiety, but I definitely am someone that struggles with anxiety today. But, you know, I, I, you got to imagine that experience of always being sick, always being worried and not able to find a solution sort of laid the groundwork for that. But I had a really tough experience as, as a kid. So I had, now now I have an autoimmune condition, but growing up I had chronic tonsillitis, which of course, is not life-threatening, but it did change my experience because I can't take antibiotics because of my autoimmune. So tonsillitis is something that most people just wipe out in a few days with antibiotics, but because taking antibiotics is dangerous for me, I would have tonsillitis for two, three weeks at a time. And really what I needed was a tonsillectomy to have them removed. But because I can't take antibiotics and because of how sensitive I am to so many different types of medicine, the doctors felt it was too dangerous to perform a surgery in case of an infection. So I just had this experience from a very early age of seeing every doctor, every specialist, and at the end of the day, being sent home and being like, yeah, deal with it. And so I felt really isolated and frustrated with the system. And I watched my parents, you know, 
spend a lot of time and energy and financially it was challenging, even though I'm from Canada, thank God. for I say thank, I love the U.S. and I live in the U.S. I say thank God because it was a lot less expensive going through that there than it would be here, which is part of why I have so much compassion and I'm very passionate about what we're building today. But anyways, so I had this experience of just constantly being sick and I really didn't find resolution in Western medicine and I actually felt really isolated and I was just missing out all the time. Like I would miss legitimately three weeks of school on a very regular basis. I couldn't go to sleepovers and do the sports and like all the things I wanted. And so from a really early age, it pushed me to start exploring the world of natural. And I found a lot of amazing things in the world of natural wellness. I also became really frustrated with that world too, because there was I found a lot of things that made big, bold claims and then didn't deliver on results. I just always felt like there was this gap, like there was, you know, medicine, Western medicine and pharmaceuticals on one side, wellness on the other. And I really wanted something that sat in the middle, something that could give me the results I want and like get me back on the field when I'm in really extreme physical pain and it hurts to breathe and speak but something that had clean ingredients that my system could handle and, you know, wouldn't leave me jeopardized or I wouldn't have some adverse reaction. So I really felt like the world of medicine and wellness needed to change and something needed to sit in the middle. And that experience really informed what I do today. I want to go back and dive more into your story. But first, I want to talk about what you just described, because I think that that's a huge problem now that we have this divide between the medical community and like the holistic wellness world, right? And that we have supplements are king on one side, and then the other side is like medicine. And there's not a lot of in between, right? There's not a lot of gray area amongst the two. And I think it's just creating so much unnecessary confusion for the person who's trying to get healthy, right? Yeah, Totally. So you're in the space, you own a, I mean, Beekeepers Natural, while it's, you know, it's a bee company, it's still like, you're in the supplement world. So you kind of see both sides. Like, what do you think needs to happen for both of these worlds to come together? So that's very much what we're trying to do at Beekeepers Naturals. I always say we sit at the intersection of science and wellness. And I think, obviously I'm biased here, but I think more companies need to focus on building their products in the way that we are to create deeper understanding to promote transparency and to bring in the skeptics and, you know, make them, make them feel like they can be a part of it. And so what we do at Beekeepers Naturals is one, all of our products are third party tested. So we test for third party pesticides. We're always looking at bioavailability, something that's really important to us. And, you know, this seems like it should be important to everyone, but unfortunately it's not. It's just making a product that works because so many things are, you know, They could maybe work and there's some anecdotal evidence, but we just want stuff that is going to deliver on results. And especially when you're sick, and I've been there myself, you just want what you're investing your hard-earned dollars in to help you. And so first and foremost, we're really focused on making products that work for the broadest demographic possible. And we do that by having a very different R&D process. We work really closely with all kinds of doctors. So Let me take a step back and I'll kind of break down the structure of Beekeepers Naturals. So first and foremost, everything that we're building is grounded in third-party science. So we practice third-party testing, but we're also looking to find a published study from an accredited institution that validates our thesis. So if I have an idea that propolis could help my immune system, I'm not going to make a product on that. I'm going to go with my research team and go through PubMed and try and find studies. And if I don't find studies that validate 
this idea, then we don't make that product. But when we see that there's science behind it, that this has been tested at an accredited institution, it's not like a study we're running where we're controlling for variables, but a broad study, then I'm like, okay, this has been studied. It's go time. Let's start testing this. Let's start playing around. And so everything that we've brought to market is grounded in third-party science. From there, we have a really long product pipeline. So we're doing a lot of testing as we're building. We're working with different demographics. We're working with different practitioners. We actually have a medical advisory board. And I really love our medical advisory board because on that board, we have Western-trained MDs. We have MD pediatricians. We also have naturopaths and an acupuncturist. And my goal with every product is can I get all of these different perspectives, all of these different voices in the room to come together and really agree that this is the best path forward to help people. So it's hard from a business standpoint because you know, I look at some companies, they can have an idea and bring it to market really fast. And speed to market is really important. And I'm sure that it has hurt me having a process that's less rigorous. But the rigor of this process means that we are so confident when we bring something into the world and we can help people who have really sensitive systems, who are vulnerable, who are frustrated or who, you know, don't want to spend hundreds of dollars on different supplements and just want one thing that works. And so really trying to bridge the gap. And I think if more companies can take that perspective, we'll be in a healthier place and it will allow more customers to have clarity and not feel so confused. And one thing that's been really cool with beekeepers, we actually launched with full scripts. And what we're seeing is Western trained physicians are actually prescribing our products which is so cool as a wellness brand. So I feel like that change is starting to happen. And what we can do on the consumer level is demand more transparency, ask for more testing and look for that. Expect that from companies. I mean, for me, I've had to look for that my entire life because I can't put something into my body if I don't know that it's NPN certified and this and that. And so for me, it's kind of like second nature and like my kryptonite for years has become my superpower because it's allowed me to build a company with these things in mind. But I think, you know, the more customers are aware of it and, you know, the more we're kind of taking health into our own hands, the more it will push companies to make those decisions. Transparency is everything, right? And it's so important. And I just think the more open and honest conversations people who own companies can have with the consumer and even amongst themselves about how people, we can get better as an, like a collective industry, I think it's only going to increase revenues for people because they like doing business with people that they can trust, right? And I think it's just going to help people get healthier along the way. What would you say to like a skeptic of your company? Somebody who's like, you know, like this honey, the bee pollen, the propolis, this all sounds great, but I'm just not buying that it can actually do that much for my health. What would you say to them? Go on PubMed. It's a research database. Type propolis in and hit search and just read the studies for yourself. It's all you have to do. Boom. And we're going to get into um, propolis and its impact on our immune system in a little bit, but I want to go back to your story. So where we left off, you were in school feeling isolated, feeling kind of left out and frustrated because of the chronic tonsillitis. How did you go from that? Like what kind of things did you try to help cure your condition? And then how did you discover like the B products that have ended up saving your life? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second, but first I wanted to give a quick shout out to Organifi. 
As you know, Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers that contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. Recently, I have been loving the refreshing taste of the new Organifi green juice, Crisp Apple. That's right, Crisp Apple. It comes with all the benefits you've come to love in the classic green juice with a new juicy twist. Enjoy the same fan-favorite nourishing ingredients such as ashwagandha, moringa, spirulina, and chlorella, designed to hydrate, energize, and support cortisol balance. The new green juice crisp apple is made with organic, wholesome, hand-picked apples and tastes like a fresh, juicy slice in every sip, making it the first of its kind the whole family will absolutely love. It's only available for a limited time, so make sure to stock up now and take advantage of this nourishing green juice that tastes absolutely divine. So go to www.organifi.com backslash Doug and use code Doug for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com backslash Doug and use code Doug for 20% off any item. Now back to the show. So starting at a very young age, I saw every specialist you can imagine, you know, every ear, nose and throat doctor, everyone, I had every allergy test and I was just sort of left with, yeah, you're autoimmune. You're really vulnerable. This sucks. You're going to get sick really easily. You have to be careful. So that was really frustrating. And then I started seeing more natural practitioners and, you know, I learned a lot of new things. I learned that I was a celiac. I was, you know, diagnosed with celiac disease like younger than I think most people were. Now it's really common, but there were a lot of things that really helped me, but ultimately nothing did the trick. I was still getting sick like at least once a month. I was like, you know, that movie Bubble Boy, yeah. anyone who's too young won't get this reference. But that like my family would call me that as a joke. So I was just like always sick. And, you know, my tonsillitis was so severe that I'd be in really, really extreme physical pain. Like my throat would swell up. My face would swell up. I couldn't swallow my food. I couldn't speak. It was, it was really uncomfortable. And I was just like, well, you're out of luck when I spoke to every doctor. So that was my experience for a long time. And I just had to be really careful with my health. And I did take tools from these different practitioners, both on the Western side and on the more natural side. I took a lot of tools, but I was still dealing with the same thing. And it was really frustrating. And that continued up into college. And when I was in college, I did a semester abroad. I went to study in Sweden and I busted my butt waitressing to be able to go out there. I was really excited. My first big trip. I was in Sweden studying. We went to go visit one of my other college friends who was doing her exchange program in Italy. The second I landed in Italy, I got very, very sick. I had really extreme tonsillitis. I had to like quarantine myself. I was having a hard time breathing and I thought I was going to have to go home. I was just so sick of missing out at that point. And I had, you know, saved up and spent all this money to be out there. And I really wanted to live my life and experience freedom and not just be like worried all the time. So I quarantined myself for a few days. Once I got out and a few days, I was quarantined for two weeks. But once I got out, I went to see this pharmacist. I just did a lot of, I, all I was doing was Googling while I was sick and I went to see this pharmacist and I spoke to her about what I'm dealing with, my allergies, riddled off the long list of health issues and she looked at me and she's like, oh, you just need propolis. And I was like, okay, what's that? What's propolis? And she's like, you know, the bees. And I was like, okay, lady, I've had honey. I think I'm 
good. What I'm dealing with is a little more serious. And she was like, no, 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 propolis comes from the beehive. It's a completely different compound. It's an immunomodulatory agent, this, that, and the other. And she sold me a bottle. I go home because I had learned at the age of 21 that I have to do extensive research before I ingest anything. And I just went down the research rabbit hole and I found a lot of really cool stuff about this substance called propolis. One, that it's not new. The first recorded human use dates back to 300 BC. This is really what humans were leaning on, you know, for everything from fevers to infection. You know, before the advent of antibiotics, people were really leaning on this substance. And because it's an immunomodulatory agent, it works with your body, it works with your immune system. So for me, being autoimmune, it was something that after I had read study after study, felt safe taking. And so I started taking this product and in five days, I made a full recovery. And that had never happened to me before. I'd never taken something. I had two experiences. One, either didn't work or two, I had an adverse reaction. And this was my first time taking something that actually made me feel better. And that was remarkable for me. And I just continued doing research from there. And that sparked this interest in the bees. I was like, you know, I know honey, but if I didn't, if I'd never heard about propolis before after all of my research, what else am I missing? So I started researching royal jelly and pollen and, you know, reading these studies and learning about how it's being used in different cultures. And I just became completely obsessed. That's such an incredible story. It's really amazing to hear that you've turned like your pain into purpose and that something that was really painful for you, you're now using to not only help heal yourself, but to help other people. Talk a bit about like how you went from now discovering this propolis in Italy to then going on to becoming a beekeeper. What was that process like? Yeah. So I, as I traveled around Europe, I was, I was able to stay in Europe for seven months, fully recover. I didn't get sick again. I still have my tonsils today. This was back in 2012. So, and, and like, I haven't had tonsillitis in ages. So I was using all these products. I was using royal jelly. I was using propolis every day. I read that it can be used daily. And, you know, I would just take an extra dose if I felt like I was compromised or had something coming on. And I, yeah, I was just obsessed as a consumer. And, you know, I never thought I would become a beekeeper or start a company for that matter. I thought I was going to grow up and become a cancer researcher because I love researching. So I finished up my time abroad, went back home to finish up college in Canada where I'm from. And I got sick. But I wasn't stressed. I was like, I just, you know, need to get my hands on some propolis. So I went to local health food store. They had tons of honey, tons of Manuka honey, no propolis. Went to another store, same thing. And so I started to panic. I was like, I know what I need, but they don't seem to have it here. I finally found propolis at this farmer's market. And it was like $40 for a little tincture. It was like organic and all of the things. And I was really excited. And I went home and used it, and I had a very severe allergic reaction. And after I had recovered, I ran a toxicity panel on the product I purchased. At the time, I was a TA for my chemistry class, so I had, like, full run of the lab. So I ran a toxicity panel on the product I purchased, and I realized there were trace amounts of pesticides in it. And I was like, what the hell? It's organic. What's going on here? I just spent 40 bucks on this thing, and it made me sick. And then I started reading about what's happening with pesticides and how with bees, you can't put a leash on the bees. So just because your hive is sitting on certified organic ground, if the bees fly next door and it's not organic and they pollinate those flowers, they'll bring those pesticides back to the hive. And for most people, 
you know, we ingest small amounts of pesticides all the time and you're fine. But for someone like me, I really react to that. It can make me quite sick. So I was really upset. I was like, well, I guess I have to move to Europe uh, because I can't live here. So I was just really frustrated. And then as I started doing more research on, well, what do you need to have fully clean bee products? What do you need to make sure there's no pesticides? And I was like, you know what? If you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. So I started beekeeping. And that was a slow process. I started, and this is all like just me Googling stuff and figuring it out as I go, but I started going to local beekeeping association meetings. There's a chapter in most places. And if you type in where you live and look up beekeepers association. So I started attending those meetings and it was a lot of dudes, a lot of older people. I think people were like, who is this little teenager in the background, but I was really focused and, you know, I was reading a lot about beekeeping, bee products, reading study after study about what these products can do for health. And one guy got up to speak and he was a, he's a member of that chapter. And it turns out he's a retired biochemist who moved to Canada from Romania. He's a third generation beekeeper. So after the meeting, I was like, can I be your apprentice? I'll work for free. I just want to learn about the bees. And he was like, free work, sure. So I started apprenticing and he, his name's John, he was my first mentor and an amazing teacher. And because he has that science background, I had this great perspective. And so I ended up having this incredible experience where I wasn't starting a company. I was just doing this for myself. So there was no pressure. And I was just, you know, purely learning, trying to help my own health. I was TA of my chemistry class. So I would go and mess around in the hives in the day and then take it back to the lab and perfect my extraction profile and really build products for myself. And before I knew it, I had engineered this entire product line was using it and was changing my health and controlling all the variables for clean beekeeping. So we were in the middle of the woods. We had a five-mile radius on all ends of clean ground because it was a super remote location. So I was controlling all these variables to make sure that the products were clean. So that experience gave me this really thorough understanding of A, what do the bees need to have a really healthy, clean environment? What do I need to have a product quality that I can ingest? And what products... And what combination of these different products really work? And so I built this entire product line. I was using all of this. I became completely obsessed. My friends thought I was completely insane because who at 21 years old is like obsessed with bees? But that's really how I found my passion. So I was doing that and again, did not think I would start a business, but I started sharing these products with other people. And next thing you know, people were Facebook messaging me, wanting to buy these bee products. And I was like, okay, if broke college students want to buy these things out of my dorm room, maybe there are other people like me and maybe people are just looking for something clean and different and that really works. And so I had this dream of starting a company, but I was graduating with debt. And I got very lucky. I had a job offer out of school. I had a job offer to join this hedge fund as a pharmaceutical researcher. And so I took that job. I was there for about 10 months. And then 10 months into that, I got recruited by Goldman Sachs. And so I joined Goldman as a trader. I was at Goldman from 2014 to the end of 2016. And when I started at Goldman, I was working in biotech. So it was sciencey. It was cool because basically what I would do is I'd be researching all of these patent pending stocks and looking at drugs and drug approvals. It was also really upsetting because I'd look at 
studies and look at all the variables and what goes into approving a drug and I would see all these side effects and be like, how is this getting approved? How is this safe? It sort of put like added some fuel to my fire because I had my own experience and then I was like, hey, people... And by the way, I'm a big fan of Western medicine. I don't mean to completely knock it. I think there's a lot of incredible stuff that comes out of there. I just think, you know, people need to be a little bit more discerning with their health. And just because something comes from a doctor or even a reputable brand or, you know, whatever it may be, doesn't mean it's right for you. And so I was seeing these things that were given to the general public that had side effects that made me really uncomfortable. And at a certain point, I was like, medicine has to change. This has to look different. I can lean on my experience and I'm seeing what's happening. And I think I found something really great with the bees. And I didn't find it. I'm not, I'm certainly not the first person to champion these ingredients or use them in a medical setting or therapeutic setting or, you know, any setting for that matter. But I want to make these available for people like me so they don't have to struggle like I did. And, you know, people who are just looking for something clean that works. And so I left Goldman end of 2016 to start this company. Everyone thought I was full on having a mental breakdown because who leaves their good on paper job to start a medicine company made of bee products? Like everyone was like, so you're starting a honey company? And I was like, no, actually, we're not using honey, the other bee products. And people are like, sorry, is everything okay? You just heard my Canadian-ness in the way I said sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that made it really hard because I didn't have anyone that was like, hey, this is a great idea. You can do this. I had everyone being like, what are you walking away from? You just paid off your student loans and you have this you know, great job on the table. I was also really unhappy in that job. And it was really good on paper and I got a lot of social capital, but I wasn't a happy person. I wasn't working with the planet and, you know, solving these problems and doing the things that light me up. And so I got to a certain point where I was just like, earmuffs, blinders, I'm doing this. And if I crash and burn, I crash and burn. That was that. I left Goldman and I went from working on the trading floor and having my nice apartment in the West Village to not being able to pay rent and crashing on my friend's couch for a year. I lived on my best friend's couch for a year. Very nice of him. And it was a two-bedroom apartment with four people living in it and standing in farmer's markets. And I would go to farmer's markets and sell my products. And what ended up happening was people were curious. And I met all these people that were dealing with autoimmune or something like Lyme disease or, you know, just these different challenges. And they started using my products. They started using Propolis and had a really remarkable experience like I did and came back. And they told their friends and it really grew organically from there. What a story, turning passion into not only purpose, but income and building something very meaningful. I want to get into like the ins and outs and how you did that and like what people can do if they want to turn something that they're passionate about into something that can help them become profitable. But I want to go back. I'm fascinated by the idea of beekeeping. Like I want to know like, where do you get the bees? Do you go and like buy them? Do you like catch them? I mean, this might sound dumb by asking this, but I'm honestly curious, like how do you get the bees? What does that process look like? And then if you could also explain like start to finish, like, you know, what is involved with the hive, the bee, then how does the bee produce things like propolis and the royal jelly? How does that play into all this? And then bee pollen and honey, I think people would really appreciate that. Totally. So first of all, not a dumb question. I knew nothing about bees. Like what I knew about bees before I got into this world was that 
they sting you, you should run away from them, and they make yummy honey, which is like, all of that is wrong. <laughs> you shouldn't run away from them. They'll only sting you if they feel threatened, and honey is amazing, but it's one of the many things they do. But to answer your question, you can buy everything online. You can order a queen, order a starter. You can order everything online. You can, I mean, catch them isn't the right word, but I've done hive removals before. If you're doing hive removals, you can, you know, people will call you and be like, oh my gosh, I've got a hive in my garage. And you can go and remove it and then you can keep those. And so I used to do like swarm removals and that sort of thing, which was really fun because you also get to like teach people about bees as you're doing that. But yeah, you purchase bees, you purchase hives. So, you know, I've always worked with like the classic boxes and really what you need is clean space and a lot of floral sources because the bees feed on trees and plants and flowers. So that's what really what you want. And you really, in my opinion, want to keep them in a pesticide free zone. So a lot of what my company does now because unfortunately the world is covered in these agricultural areas that use a lot of pesticides, is we're looking for geographies where we can have basically like, like a super remote landscape and control for variables like pesticides. So we're looking at, we do a lot of work in Europe where there's different pesticide regulation. Neonicotinoids is the most common class of pesticide and it's really negative for the bees. It's really harmful. It's used in a pretty big way in the U.S., but in certain parts of the world, they've regulated it. So we do a lot of work in Europe. We do a lot of work in Canada. We're doing a lot of work in South America now, but we're always looking for super remote places. So like we have hives in the Rockies. So anyways, that's just something that's really important to me is creating a pesticide-free space and making sure there's an abundance of floral sources. But to answer your next question and kind of walk you through all these different products, can I do like a quick Hive 101 and I'll explain what the products are, how they're used in the hive, and then how humans use them? Yeah, yeah. And then also like maybe like what is the bees process of like going to flowers and getting pollen and and transitioning it back to the hives and stuff? Totally. So I'll start with honey because everyone loves honey. So honey is the bees primary food source. You can think of it as their carbs, their energy source. How they're getting honey is they're going flower to flower and they have their long tube-like tongue and they suck up the floral nectar and they store it in their second stomach. They have two stomachs, a regular stomach and a honey stomach. Their honey stomach is basically a nectar backpack. So they're sucking it up from the flower, take it in their nectar backpack, bring it back to the hive, and then they allow it to ferment. They're fanning it to get all the moisture out and it becomes the sticky, delicious substance we know and love called honey. And like I said, it's their carbs, their energy source. For humans, honey has a lower glycemic index than sugar, so it's my favorite sweetener, but it's also really high in antioxidants. It has antiviral properties. Topically, it's a humectant, so it helps to create more moisture on the skin. There's a lot of benefits of honey, but for bees, it's their carbs, and it comes from flowers. Next, my favorite, propolis. So Propolis, I like to think of as the immune system of the hive or the medicine of the hive. That's literally what the bees are using it for. So the bees will line the entire hive with propolis to keep it germ-free. And they, you know, for newborn baby bees, they line the inside of the cell walls with propolis. And that's how they create a sterile environment for newborns. So without propolis, the hive wouldn't survive. Propolis is literally their defense against germs and pathogens. And while honey comes from flowers, propolis is coming from plant and tree resins. So you know how if you cut a tree, sap will trickle out? It's the immuno properties of the plant itself. That's the base ingredient of propolis. So propolis is literally made from the immuno properties of plants mixed with the bees' enzymes. And so that's what it is. And for the bees, like I said, it is 
critical for their survival. They'll line the entire hive with it. It's like the sticky amber-colored substance, and it protects them and keeps them healthy. And then for humans, you can think of propolis in the same way. It's antiviral, antifungal, antimicrobial, antibacterial. A lot of people are obsessed with propolis for how it affects inflammation. It's actually a prebiotic, and it reduces inflammation in the intestine, so really great for gut health. For me, it completely regulated my immune system. And yeah, I'm super healthy now. I very rarely get sick. I use, I spray, I use propolis every single day. I use our propolis spray. I do four sprays every single day. And then I use like, I use all of our products every day actually. So I'm doing a lot of propolis over here. But propolis for humans, it's really well known for what it can do for the immune system and then more and more being looked at for how it affects gut health, really high in antioxidants. Also really well known for fighting post-oxidative stress. So for example, when you exercise, which is very good for you, you're also creating some free radical damage in your body. So propolis can help to neutralize the oxidative stress from something like that. So it's, I like to think of propolis as like a Swiss army knife, just sort of like protect yourself sort of thing. And for bees, that's how they use it too. And then royal jelly is really cool. Royal jelly, you can kind of think of as the superfood or brain food of the hive. So the nurse bees will secrete this substance and it's like this milky substance. And it's actually really similar to like breast milk or colostrum. So they'll feed it to newborn baby bees for the first three to five days of life. And then after three to five days, these baby bees transition onto a more normal bee diet of honey and pollen. So it's royal jelly is really used as like the super nourishing, nutritive substance. And then the bee who's to become queen stays on an exclusive royal jelly diet. And it's really interesting looking at the biological differences of the queen bee versus regular bees, because regular bees will live six to eight weeks during foraging season, whereas the queen bee will live three to five years. The queen bee can have up to 1,400 babies a day, whereas regular bees don't even have reproductive organs. So yeah, it's a really, that's why people are obsessed with royal jelly for longevity. Most of the Western world, most of the studies published have looked at royal jelly and how it affects the brain. So a lot of studies looking at you know, things like, there's a great study that came out of the University of Warsaw looking at spatial reasoning and how regular consumption of royal jelly actually improves your spatial reasoning. And I mentioned it earlier, but royal jelly contains acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter responsible for brain-body connections. So you can think of it as helping to like support and speed up your transmission system. And then it contains these two fatty acids that are only naturally occurring in royal jelly called 10-HDA and AMPN1 oxide and they act as catalysts for neurogenesis. So you hear a lot about royal jelly for like focus memory concentration. A lot of athletes who are dealing with concussion stuff will use royal jelly. And then also really well known, you know, for longevity stuff and more and more being researched for hormone balancing and fertility. So that's kind of like early phase research, but really interesting. And then last thing, I know I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but last thing is pollen. So pollen, you can think of as the bee's protein source. So the bees eat pollen, they go flower to flower, collecting the pollen, they mix it with their enzymes, they carry it back to the hive. If you've ever seen a picture of bees with like these round balls of pollen on their hind legs, it's really cute actually, it's called their pollen pants. So that's how they carry it back to the hive. And they eat it. So it's, like I said, their protein source for humans. Bee pollen is, I like to think of it as nature's multivitamins. It's got broad spectrum vitamins and minerals, really high in branch chain amino acids, antioxidants, all the good stuff. And it's super bioavailable. It's got a really high enzyme content. So I do like a spoon of pollen every day. I love doing it before a workout. Really high in B vitamins too. So you get that nice energy boost. But that's sort of a, a very quick high of 101.
You're making me want to become a beekeeper after listening to that. I'm like, I don't know if the, my condo association Honestly, would, awesome. would, uh, would like would uh, be okay with me just having like a collection <laughs> of bees on my on my deck. But I digress. I want to get into something that I'm sure people are going to have questions on, and that you know, I think one of the, the biggest problems with the supplement industry is that they will make these massively bold claims. You kind of alluded to that towards the beginning of our conversations. And they'll say like, this product will cure this. This will do everything. Among the things that you just talked about between the bee pollen, the honey, the royal jelly, and the propolis, like which one of those would you say based on what you've read through research, talking to customers, talking to your friends, would you say is going to be most effective for the majority of people to take? So... I'm a little bit biased because propolis really changed my life, but I'm also, I use royal jelly every single day. Like it's literally how I crush it at work. And then bee pollen is such a big part of my life too. So it's like, well, who's your favorite child? But I think most people don't know what propolis is and it can help most people. So, you know, if you're going to do one thing, I would look into propolis. It's just, it's really high in antioxidants. It's really great at supporting your immune health. Like I said, amazing for gut health, inflammation. It even reduces the histamine response. So it's really helpful for allergies. So I think propolis is something that everyone should be incorporating into their routine. And just so everyone knows, my company makes propolis products, but we have like a lot of different propolis products. And, you know, we have our propolis spray, which is a little more affordable. And then we have our liposomal propolis and, you know, different things. And so you can kind of choose your own adventure. And we're really intentional about trying and we do everything sustainably and we invest a lot in third-party testing. So it's challenging, but we work really hard to make things at an accessible price point and different price points. So yeah, you can really find what works for you. But I do think propolis is a really important starting point for most people, especially in today's world with everything going around. You want to have a healthy immune system. Yeah. I mean, so many people are, are sick right now. I mean, I've heard different people. I mean, so many people having different things, whether it be some sort of stomach thing, whether it be some sort of immune thing, whether it be some sort of like cold type variation. So other than propolis, which I know you're you found to be very, very helpful with, with immune stuff and helping, I guess, viruses like that, if I'm correct. What else do you think that people can do to help their immune function? Okay. So a product that we made at Beekeepers Naturals, it's called Complete Gut Health. I am freakishly obsessed with this product where we're doing um, our first clinical trial with it right now. And I'm just like seeing the results in real time and was just on a call before we started recording. So I'm just really overly hype about this, but I think everyone should be looking at their gut health. First of all, 70% of your immune system is happening in your gut. Over 90% of serotonin is, you know, starting with development in your gut. So your gut health affects your skin, your mental health, your immune functions, everything. And so having a really well-supported gut is very important. So we built this complete gut health formula and it addresses all three levels of the microbiome. And we've got propolis in there as the prebiotic. And propolis tends to kill pathogenic bacteria while some of the polyphenols in it actually feed the beneficial bacteria. So it's really cool putting that into a probiotic because propolis kind of like kills the bad stuff but supports the good stuff. It's also, propolis has also been shown to improve tight junctions in the gut lining, which helps to reduce leaky gut and gut inflammation, which like everyone is dealing with. I always am hearing about that. And then we have a spore-based probiotic. So it's three things, prebiotic, probiotic, postbiotic. Prebiotic is propolis. The probiotic is spore-based, which means it has higher survivability. A lot of the probiotics on the market, they die in the bottle. 
a lot of them also, you know, don't make it through the, the digestive journey. There's a lot of heat, a lot of acid. So spore-based has really high survivability. So whether you're using the beekeepers one or not, that's something to look for. And then we have a postbiotic in our product. And I feel like people are just learning about postbiotics, but they're so important. So we're using a compound called butrate, and it's like fuel for the cells in our gut lining and allows them to function and helps with inflammation. And we also have the highest dose of it on the market right now. We have 1,000 milligrams per serving. So this is a product that really supports your gut, which means it supports kind of everything else. So I just am a big proponent of that one. So if you're going to look at like two things from this company, I would check out our gut health product and then look at how Propolis works for you. And like I said, our gut health product has Propolis in it. So it depends on what you want to do. But other than that, in terms of just wellness, I mean, the most important thing, in my opinion, is mental health and stress levels and, you know, supporting yourself in, in how you see the world and, you know, take in all of that information. Because if you're feeling really awful about yourself, it's, it doesn't really matter if your diet is perfect. Yeah. And like gut health is so important. And there's this connection also between gut health and mental health. Like we talk, we hear a lot about the gut brain axis, right? So it's important to obviously take care of and honor both. I want to get into like, I want to get into specifically how you turn like your passion for what you're doing into like a successful business. But I want to go back and talk about like your mental health. I'm curious, like it seems like from a young kid, you were so passionate about researching and, and finding an answer and not letting these diagnoses that you had been given like limit you. Like what kept you from falling into like the victim trap of feeling f sorry for yourself and letting your conditions limit you? Well, I did a lot of the time. You know, I, it ebbs and flows and I had periods of time in my life where I was just really frustrated and couldn't get out of bed and couldn't leave my room and, you know, was physically ill so I couldn't do those things, but also feeling really isolated and why me and that whole thing. And then the guilt with that because, you know, I my life wasn't compromised and so many people are dealing with so many more challenging experiences. And I think it was just through all of that, trying to find meaning in your experience. And that's what sort of pushed the research. I was like a constant search for meaning because when I have been in pain or have been struggling in my life, I have this sort of underlying desire to find the lesson in it. And I think, I don't know where I got that perspective, but I have always had it and it has carried me. And anyone who's going through anything challenging, I always tell them like, try to find the learning in it. And like, you're still going to experience all the pain, but trying to find that learning, it gives you hope. It's it's something to look forward to on the other side. And that is really how this company started is I was struggling and I felt really hopeless and I tried to find the lesson in it all. And I, you know, had shreds of inspiration and, you know, found things like the bees and continued on down that path, like following that train of like hope and meaning. And so it's that perspective that has really helped me. And I heard you say that you really didn't know where this perspective necessarily came from, but to the best of your ability, if, if you could remember, like, what was the moment, like, in your journey where you realized that you found meaning, like, in the pain of everything that you went through? I think that, and again, I had periods of time where I was like, I'm giving up. You know, even with full health with the business, there's been challenging times where I'm like, can I keep doing this? Is You know, every, there's always challenging times, even when you hit your goals. And so I think it's just this underlying understanding that like we really have two options. We can lie down and give up and like that will not lead us to more joy 
or we can keep trying and keeping trying could mean failure, which could bring us to a scenario that's a bigger bummer than where we're in now. But when you live so cautiously and don't try because you're scared of failing, then you kind of fail by default. And so I think it's that. It's that there are two options and we all have those two options no matter who we are or what we're going through. And it's, it's pushing yourself to choose that perspective. And it's really hard, right? I will say just from my own experience, it's super challenging to find meaning and to, to adopt that this is happening for me mentality. But I think the reality is you said there's no other option. Like if you just feel like this is happening to me, then I'm going to fail. Like you will. Like you will just sit there on the couch and you will do nothing because you're convincing yourself that that's all you're meant to do. But if you can just lean into it and be like, all right, like what's happening to me right now is super painful. It sucks. Like, I don't know. I honestly don't know why this is happening to me. And with that said, what I am going to do is I'm not going to let this define me and I'm just not going to give up on myself and just see where that leads. And most of the time from what I've heard from other people, like, it works. There's not a timeline on it, but eventually you find your way out of it, right? Maybe it's a year from now, maybe it's five years later, maybe it's 10 years, but whatever the time frame is, you find your way out. And I think that that mentality for you, it seems served you from leaving corporate America and then starting your company now. And I want to get back to this because I promised we would talk about this, where there's a lot of people who get passionate about something. They're excited about something, whether it's their own health journey, whether it's a product they found, whether it's something they you know just found by reading a book, whatever it is. And they're like, all right, I want to make a business out of this. I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to go all in. But I think that can be problematic because there's a lot of other things sometimes to consider versus just leaving your job. And then on the other side of that, there's people that just stay at their job they hate because they're afraid of taking that leap of faith and believing in themselves enough to take that chance. How did you blend the two? Like, what was the process like for you so that you could not only start this passion project of yours, but you could also make sure that you had some things in place so that you wouldn't fall flat on your face? Yeah. So I feel like there's been this sentiment with entrepreneurship of like, all in, go for it. And that's not realistic for everyone. Like, People have bills. People have families. I had debt. And so I cautiously and passionately approached it. So I was working a job and I you know, spent a lot of time in the evenings researching this and putting together a business plan and thinking through like, is this a viable company? Could I actually like, can I take this from kind of like my hobby and my, you know, self-healing to a career? And I dipped my toe in the water before I had fully left Goldman. I would go on weekends to farmer's markets and go to like pop-up shops and do that sort of thing. And I had amassed a very small, but a following. And I had, you know, tested the market and found that, okay, there's product market fit. So I dipped my toe in the water and it was really hard. I was like, in some ways working two jobs and, you know, I did not have a family at that time. So there was more freedom in certain ways, but I still had debt. Yeah. I, I, I really thoroughly tested it before I took that leap. And then once I did take that leap, it was taking that perspective. And I had so many hard moments. I had so many people tell me I was going to fail. I had, you know, now we're sold at CVS, Walgreens, Whole Foods, Target, you name it. But like I went into stores and I was like, can I talk to the buyer? Can I talk to the manager of like mom and pop health food stores? And people were like, get out of my store. I just experienced so much rejection and I had to get really comfortable with that rejection. And again, 
it's that perspective we were talking about of seeing the lesson in it. I was like, this is an opportunity to build resilience. And as an entrepreneur, resilience is the number one skill. Like that is the muscle you want to flex. The more now when I experience rejection or hardship, I'm like more, please like make me stronger. So that's kind of what I would say to young people is like one, test the waters. It's really hard. You have to really want it and love it and understand that like entrepreneurship isn't like you put the idea into the world and then we've just arrived. It's even when you hit your goal, there's a new goal. And that's the challenge of it and the beauty of it. And if you can fall in love with that constant state of challenge, that constant state of being stretched beyond your capacity and finding new capacity for yourself, then you go for it. What helps you get better at dealing with rejection? It's hard. So one, I watched that TED talk that I'm sure everyone has watched about power posing and I'm still obsessed with it. Oh my God. I, I used to like power pose before I would, I would go into these smaller health food stores with a backpack and like try and sell them on taking my product on, on commission. And I would like power pose in the bathroom before I would go in. So that's just like a little tool that really helps. But Amy Cuddy, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. But yeah. So anyways, that's like a little tool, but I think for me, it was really connecting to the mission. If you're going to do something and entrepreneurship, it's like, you know, we were talking before we started recording about how challenging podcasts are. Like if you don't want to be just in it, in it, like for the next several years of your life, then don't start a business. But if you really can connect to that mission, then you can be in it for the next hundred years and it will fill you up. So I was and am very connected to the mission and, you know, our multifaceted mission of really changing people's health and the way people feel and supporting the bees and changing the environment and, you know, helping a species that are integral to life itself and in decline have clean clean spaces to thrive in. So I was so and am so deeply connected to that, that no matter what was thrown at me, no matter how much rejection, I was able to say like, cool, you don't get it. I get it. I'll go somewhere else. How does your anxiety and what you deal with from that perspective, how does that impact like your autoimmune conditions? I mean, I have like skin flare ups like crazy when I'm super anxious. I've, I've learned a lot of tools along the way for managing my anxiety, our gut health product. I actually need to share this because I have like, I get like hives all over my face and I have, I, I like had really bad hives and then for three months was taking our gut health and they fully went away. So healthy gut really affects your skin and we'll share that on social media at some point, but that's a big thing. So supporting myself nutritionally, using the tools that I've created that help me regulate, but a lot of it is mental gymnastic. You know, the same way we work out our bodies, we have to work out our mind. And I've had to cultivate a lot of tools to support me with my anxiety. And, you know, if I'm having a panic attack, I'll like dunk my face in ice water. I'll literally take a salad bowl and fill it up with cold water and ice and stick my head in it. You know, I've had to find a lot of tools along the way. And there are so many amazing resources and I've used all of them, but yeah, I've really dealt with anxiety over the years. And I think so many of us do, and you can have a beautiful, rich, amazing life with it, just learning how to manage it. I love that. Yeah. You definitely have to develop tools to, to manage your anxiety because if not, like it'll just end up taking over your life and you'll end up, you know, looking back, you know, a few weeks from now and being like, man, like, why is my life so stressful? Why are things out of control? And it's a lot of times can start with just like a few little incidents that you end up not being able to manage. And then that just leads into other things that end up negatively impacting your life. I think such a big thing for people too, at least for me, this is like what I really struggle with is not beating yourself up. 
because, you know, when I have like a less productive day or week or I'm really dealing with anxiety and I don't like the way I showed up on that conference call with my team or something like that, then like the anxiety can really compound. You can really build on itself with being like, oh, I messed that up too. I don't know if I can swear. But yeah, you can really build on yourself. And so I think it's okay if you're dealing with something and having compassion for yourself and just like doing your best, like whatever your personal best is, just do it and you can build on that. And even, you know, another area where you can cultivate that resilience is dealing with your own mental health and being able to just, you know, for some people just get out of bed and finding compassion when you're struggling. That's awesome. It's such good advice. And I'm really happy that you have come out on the other side of all of this between everything you went through as a kid with, you know, your autoimmune conditions and your chronic tonsillitis to your, you know, struggling with your mental health. And now you're at a place where you've been able to regulate all of that and not only find meaning, but, you know, create something incredibly fulfilling for yourself and for others. So Carly, this has been awesome. I'm sure people are going to want to learn more about beekeepers or they're going to want to potentially connect with you personally and learn more about your journey and the products that you're creating. Where can people do that? Yeah. So beekeepersnaturals.com. We have tons of information. We are on Instagram, beekeepers underscore naturals, TikTok. We love connecting with our audience. So if you guys want to learn more about products, you want to skip the products and just learn about the bees and what's happening environmentally. You want to ask us questions or tell us what products you want to see. We love hearing from you. And for me, my Instagram is carly.kramer. I'm on TikTok at Carly the Beekeeper. And yeah, I love to hear from everyone. So hit us up. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to include the links to that stuff in the show notes. And for those listening, what I invite you to do is to share a takeaway. Maybe it was something that Carly said about her journey and everything that she went through as a kid and how she turned a setback into a comeback. Maybe it was something she said about bees and why they're so important and the whole process of what that looks like as far as the bees and the hive and how it all relates to honey and the propolis and the pollen and the royal jelly. Maybe it was something that she said about how bee products can be so important for our health. Or maybe it was something that she shared about how she built her company and how she left corporate America. Whatever the takeaway was, make sure to tag Carly or tag Beekeepers Natural and tag myself because we'd love to hear your feedback. We once again thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. We'll see you next time.